I mean, for me, it's just hitting the whole mission of valor, right? Uplift people through coffee. You first have to know where someone's at. We empathize with that. And then we're like, all right, how do we go from here? Hello, and welcome to the Valor Coffee Podcast. My name is Ethan, and I will be one of your hosts. I had the pleasure of sitting down with Lillaby one of our head coaches at the Alpharetta Cafe, and we got to dive into what it looks like to be a woman in leadership, what it looks like to care for your team, to call people higher, to equip your team, to build trust in a cafe space, and just how awesome it is to do what we do, to be servants to our community, to uplift people through coffee. It was a real barn burner of a time, so I'm excited for you guys to tune in. We also got to highlight a coffee from the Netherlands, our second Dutch coffee, which is pretty awesome, from Rumbaba, if that's how you say it. Shout out Rumbaba, an awesome anaerobic Costa Rican. So super excited to review that one and kind of chop it up. It's a really awesome coffee. And then we want to highlight Page Turner. Page Turner is our winter blend. One of our first three bean blends. I know I talked about it before, but Sumatra, Peru, and Papua New Guinea really coming together for an amazing coffee. We love it so much. We're actually doing a little discount run. We're going to have the discount code be BELOVED, which is the nonprofit that we'll be sending a dollar for each box towards. So check that out on our website. That's going to be exclusive to the website, but we would love for you guys to give it a try while it's still here. Not too much longer. And as always, if you like this program, we would always appreciate a like, a follow, a subscribe, a shout out your car window while you're listening to it. Looking at you, Peter Kluth, we just appreciate the support. appreciate you guys spreading the word about this. And it's always so cool to hear about how this program has helped you and your business or helped you grow in whatever station of life you're in. So hope you enjoy the show. Peace. Yeah. So, hey, go ahead. Talk about who you are. And then maybe I see you got this awesome book here. Maybe as far as like what's going on, what are the, what are the cultural shifts? What's the, what's in the air? at Valor right now from your perspective. Yeah. And then don't be afraid to get up on the mic. Yeah, I need to get closer. I know you're... Unnatural for me, but here we go. (laughs) You're on pot etiquette school right now. That's right. Um, My name is Lillaby. Used to be Cochran. Now Goins. Not legally. We're working on it. (laughs) Um, I am head coach. In world terms, that would be like in human terms, that is general manager, I guess. But in Valor lingo, it's head coach. And I think for like the last, so in April, I was like training Mm -hmm. for, I'd been training for operations coordinator for a long time. Kind of like assistant general manager vibes. Yeah. And, um, Then as time went on and I was learning and moving and grooving and becoming more competent (laughs) and confident, I think over the last like probably a sharp three months, I've been feeling like an actual coach. (laughs) The last three? Yeah. Yeah. So if you start in the summer, like about six months. Yeah. Four four to six months. It took me a little bit of time. What do you think you figured out in that time? Oh my goodness. I have been, okay, and the book in front of me, I'll answer that really quick. The book in front of me for everyone, I took off the cover because I'm 
Do you I like doing that? Yes, I love doing that. The guys, <laughs> the guys roast me for that. I don't really? know if you ever heard that. No. I love taking yeah. off the like lame plastic cover. I do too. They're usually way cooler, even though this is just black. It feels right. I think it's cooler. It's very cool. Um, the Five Dysfunctions of a Team is this book. Last time I read it, I had COVID-19. <laughs> Three weeks ago. It was... <laughs> No, but it is back. Everyone's having it now. But um, it was in 2021, right? Like the fall, or was it the fall of 2020? It, I maybe it was still 2020. If yeah, because then Elijah got hired. Did Elijah get hired just after you? Like just a few months? A few months, yeah. Then because it was right when he got hired. Okay, he was like one season after me. Yeah, yeah. And anyways, this book is honestly revolutionary. I really, really love it. We got paid to read it because we were all sick in bed. Like 10 out of 12 of us were diagnosed, registered, COVID-19. Locked in. Locked in. And it was when it was like 12-day quarantines were still a thing. Oh, yeah. Now it's like. 48 hours or something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't want to spread misinformation, but. Yeah. Or it, it has shorter. to do. Yeah. It's just a lot like other illnesses. Fever. Like let fever. the fever go away. Yes. Yes. So uh, this book was amazing at that time. And I actually saw like immediate fruit from it in my personal life and mm. in my work life. And as a leader, I was just, you were brilliant and asked us all to write 15 takeaways. I was like, what's a number where you just can't. You can't BS BS it. 15 things. Maybe 10, definitely five, but 15. (laughs) We definitely did it. I really did it. It, I really, really, really liked this book. And I was surprised that it was like a page turner. Like, I didn't think, I don't read a lot of like self help, just information, like go straight to the brain kind of thing. Right. I relate with narratives. I love stories. Mm -hmm. So, this is a story, which was huge for me. Yeah. It is, seriously. It's awesome. But, um, so I wrote 15 takeaways. But going into the new year, we've had a lot of turnover in our team as of recent. Mm -hmm. And, a lot of like people are leaving the company and doing what they should be doing. And it's, I remember the first time I was on the podcast was another huge turnover. It was like the group of people that I had been working with for so long was now Mm. like almost officially gone. It was only Mikey and I left. And now there's a lot of other people transitioning and the team that I've known for the last like year plus mm-hmm. is now dramatically shifting and changing. And so I was thinking going into the new year that this book just came back to mind that, oh my gosh, we have a whole new team and they might not have this information. Right. And a big part of it for me um one of my 15 takeaways was understanding that like um, conflict is not inherently bad. It's a sign of trust in a mm. team. And like banter and going back and forth means that your team is healthy enough and functional functional enough to like be pushed and pressed and prevail. Yep. That was really Push, important press, for me. Prevail. Yeah. <laughs> P3. You know, like if you were to present something to me and I felt like I couldn't give you my honest opinion. That would be alarming. Like we are not in a healthy work dynamic. For sure. And that also means that there becomes like a top dog mentality. Mm -hmm. And this book super presses like 
there's no such thing as individuality, individual success or loss, really. Yeah. Like there's metric of success is always team. Like we won or we lost as a team. Mm -hmm. It's like very family language. Yeah. And so I think that that allowed me, it gave a lot of language to things that I wanted in my work life and in my personal life. Mm -hmm. And so I think new year, new valor, new team for like, there's a lot of freshies. And, um, with that, I think that we're going to learn, like, I want us to learn trust and how Mm -hmm. to like, I've been telling a lot of people on their health checks that they are allowed. This is a playground. Like we're a very safe place to be learning how to use our strengths and learning how to like, um, work with our weaknesses and not use them as excuses, but be self-aware enough to know that like, this is where like Ethan really outshines Lillaby, but this is where Lillaby can really like grow and push the team. You know what I mean? Yes. So in health checks where people are insecure, I think that I've been learning how to encourage our friends, our team in like never having an excuse in their life and like, looking at their weaknesses as an invitation to growth mm-hmm. and not a setback and not just like a reason to be like so in your head, but like get out of your head and communicate all yeah. the time. Yeah. So we're pushed into a lot more communication this year. Whoa, man. I said so much. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like something I used to say a lot more I want to bring back was mm-hmm. a mantra I even say to myself of like, there's a million reasons, but there's no excuses, right? Wow. Like it's always great to have context for what's going on yeah if we're falling short in an area we're having a hard time wow get gaining ground it's like it's fine to recognize a reason and it's probably helpful but if we just stay there then we let that become an excuse yes but that's the beauty of the team right is that the those things can surface but we can persevere and go further together yeah what is it like i mean probably something that has been difficult but maybe awesome is we've talked about (laughs) this concept of a river you know yeah of like in the specialty coffee world for a lot of people this is just like an entry-level job that they operate in until they find something they've been waiting for you know Mm -hmm. um and we want people to commit while they're with us but a lot of times it's you know year two years, three years max, if you're not, especially if you're not like moving up in the company. Mm -hmm. So you hinting around the fact of like, we're, we're just like doing it again, you know, like learning the same old lessons. Like, yeah. Like we, (laughs) we gave everyone the book. We read the book together. We all grew together as a team. Yeah. And then three, four, like 30, 40%. Mm -hmm. If you look a year later, it could be gone. Mm -hmm. Two years later, 80, 90% of those people have moved on. It's like, mm-hmm. I think I'm just starting to realize, oh, we're just doing this again now. It's almost like a, I know people just apply here for a job, but it's almost like a school or like a little like discipleship school moment of like people are coming in. We're like launching the same, we're like preaching the same thing, saying the same thing, yeah. equipping the same way, more or less. And then they'll they'll float in our portion of the river and then keep going. How do you, how do you combat like the, I feel like, cause you're very nostalgic. You're very sentimental. How do you combat like holding on to what was, Yeah. but also looking at your 
the people in your care now that we just hired. And it's like, run it back. Mm. You know, what, is, what keeps you motivated during that? Mm. Okay. I think that the simple, like my instant response would be to maintain tender enough that I, re- I can recognize like how life changing, absolutely life enhancing these like same old revelations were for me. Mm-hmm. And they're topics that people can talk about, but few people really live them mm-hmm. and operate in a large team in a constant state of like all of our values, one of them being feedback. That is like such an easy thing to toss around and everyone says that they love feedback, high feedback. culture of feedback. Yeah. Like, I mean, I feel like any business leader, whether they be an actual difference maker or not, they're going to say on paper that they have a high culture of feedback in their work environment. Mm-hmm. But um, it takes a very, very special group of people and a very, very committed group of people and loving group of people and filled with trust, kind of like family almost to Mm -hmm. really live things out. So I think recognizing that like, first of all, when I look in my spiritual life, like God teaches me these same lessons Mm -hmm. over and over and over and Mm -hmm. over again. And in my work life and already in my marriage, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm really just learning the same few things over and over again, but I'm applying them in different seasons. Yeah. Like the lesson I was learning in my childhood had different applications than in my teenage years, than in my mm. like very fresh 20s, than in now, my mm. mid, uh, mid 20s, 25. Oh, welcome to your mid 20s. <laughs> Thank you. Glad to have you. <laughs> But yeah, I think that recognizing that like you can't learn one lesson enough. Mm-hmm. Like I need to value, I need to value every lesson that I've learned enough to think like there can't be enough humility in me. There can't be like oh, wow. too yeah. much. I can't have too much pride to think that I can't learn the same lesson again. Yeah. And to value the people around me and think like, dude, you want to hear something li- like life altering and mind blowing? Mm-hmm. Let's read this book. Let's talk about something mm-hmm. for an hour on your health check this month and apply it this month, you know? Yeah, and it can still be fresh for you. Like yes. Like you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, because really you cool. asked me while we were painting our hearts out last night. Yeah. You know, what's God <laughs> been teaching you? And it was something around feedback. And mm-hmm. like, you think the guy who's been talking about feedback for the last eight years at yeah. Valor, that'd be like, yeah, I got that all. It's all good. But yes. now I'm just in the season of like... I'm so hyped on it and I want more and it's uh the fresh like thought has been like we give feedback to the ones that we love Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna we're not gonna like sit down and like talk through issues with people that we're apathetic towards or we're not in relationship with or that we don't want to see them grow Mm -hmm. but in this workspace it's like bro I'm so for you we'd be crazy not to talk about how you can grow, yeah. you know, like that would be so dishonoring. Yeah. And we just have to drop the hypotheticals of like, what if they react this way? Or what if they think this about me now? Or we have to work the rest of the shift together. What if they're upset? It's like, yes, drop it, bro. Yeah. Move on. Yeah. Don't. That's called anxiety mm-hmm. when you're stuck in the hypothetical of what could happen and then you're paralyzed, take action. So I couldn't, couldn't relate more uh, to that sentiment. 
And then for me, something I've, I've realized in this like constant turn or churn of team members coming through is like, A, how important it is to hold on to the people that uh, are still around, like, you know, yourself and people that want to grow in Valor and like, you know, park on this side, the bank of the river Mm -hmm. for a while and like continue to push and grow and love each other. But then also like understanding the, can't think of the best word, but just like the unique nature of what it means to like have a new person come in Mm -hmm. and like really see them for, they're not just like barista eight on our schedule, but they're, <laughs> no way. you know, they're Gabby. Yeah. And I'm like, I want to see Gabby be the best she can be here. Yes. So I'm going to like so willingly talk about what I talked about with the person who she just took her schedule from because this person's moving to Chattanooga to go work for Harley Davidson, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's not hypothetical either. That's a real, that's that's reality. That's very literal. We love you, Sophia. Yeah. <laughs> Tear it up, girl. That's awesome. Uh, but I think what you, you mentioned as well, but it's so awesome when people move on well, you know? Yes. We don't just have people. Yeah. They work for 18 months. They get burnt out. And then they're like, I got to just go work another thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like we rarely have people just like go work another coffee job. Yeah, that's very true. Which is always a gift. I think it like, because if people kept burning out when they came in, I think it would kind of set a really negative tone for the way people come in. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, but I think we're very honored that it's just like people exit. Well, they're celebrated. I know that's something you really value is like the, the exit because it, it doesn't yeah. really quote unquote gain us a lot mm, to, yeah, like, they're th- leaving. to throw them yeah. a party or like get to have dinner with everybody yeah. and like, uh, try to send them off. Well, but it really does just mean so much to someone to like end their time well because mm-hmm. I didn't end a lot of jobs well Wow! and like it was it just leaves a really bad taste in your mouth for like you don't want to go back to those places but imagine like being sent off well and championed and like you always want to return yeah you're like oh I can't wait like Sam Thomas coming back to yes. Valor Alfreda from California we're like yes yes it's invigorating go do some dishes <laughs> And he'll do it because he loves to. Yeah. That's crazy. I want to, speaking on like ending things well, Sophia blew my mind in a way. I've I've probably seen it in Valor, um, but I, maybe also I'm just behind the curtains with her a lot more being the head coach at the end of her career at Valor. Mm-hmm. Um, but she did this fantastic thing where we actually hired Gabby. And I I told Sophia right away, she is so much like you. Like, she's so hardworking. She's, like, they're very unique women. Like, they can do anything. So confident. So confident. So intelligent and just forces of nature, totally. Mm -hmm. And they can be very intimidating to an insecure person because they come off as so secure. Mm -hmm. And they're both in a place like present day where they're so loving too. So to me, a confident and loving woman is like, honestly, probably like men are shaking in their boots and women because they're like, this is so rare that like such intelligence would not be met with pride 
or like your humility isn't met with insecurity. It's like mm-hmm. they found the holy tension of all their attributes in the coolest way. I'm like 20 something years old. Yeah, Good so work, guys. Young. Keep it up. Seriously. So I was looking at Sophia at the end, her last health check, and she was just crying. And I was like, Sophia, I need to honor you because to the very end, you were not intimidated by us. Like you could have looked at Gabby as your replacement who Mm -hmm. looked so much like you that it was intimidating and offensive because when we're near something that's similar, we can want to be the only one that is X, Y, and Z. And we like, we were that thing in this community. So how could there be another? But instead she like fostered that relationship so specifically because Gabby was taking on pretty much her exact schedule. Yeah. And like her exact days, very similar hours. Copy paste. Yeah, seriously. And she has a similar like aura and way that she connects with people and the way she connects with the world around her. And so I was just like so honoring her because men and women can be like, instead of diving in at the end, they can run away from like, I think it's self-protection. Yeah. You don't want to keep giving your guts to something that you know is about to end because you think it comes, that is the greater cost, right? Like mm-hmm. ending something quickly and ripping it off like a band-aid is mm-hmm. easier. But I think actually it's easier and benefits your entire life if you just are like so present to the very, very, very last second mm-hmm. because you get more memories, you get more honored, you get the joy of deeper celebration, mm-hmm. you get to move on to the next chapter knowing you gave your all to the last thing. And the people around you like remember you with like a deeper love and a deeper connection than if you had like passively faded for a while. Right. And on top of that, she wasn't, like I was saying, she wasn't intimidated by a similar presence than her. Mm -hmm. She instead fostered her and developed her and like... Poured into her, yeah. Totally. She like discipled her, I feel like. And they hung out. Like that was crazy to me was Sophia's level of not just like work engagement and involvement. Like every customer was still exciting to her. Mm -hmm. She wanted to dive into every relationship, every conversation, every like poor still mattered to her. She was trying to master her swan until the end, which is so cool. (laughs) Like from the silly things to the technical things to the relational things, she was just so in it. And in her personal life, she was still showing up to everything, Mm -hmm. like fully engaged. Yeah. And that was pretty mind-blowing. Like, I want to be like that, but I have had few people really model that. Mm-hmm. So That's Stewardship, dude. It was really impressive. Yes. Yeah. Just being faithful with what you've been given yes. in that time. Yeah. And that will only benefit her in the future as well. Yeah. And I told her. I wanna... And our team. Oh, yeah. I That was what I felt the biggest was like, you've just impacted our team so much because so many people wouldn't have experienced Valor without Sophia, but now their first taste of Valor was with Sophia at the end of a really excellent journey, which mm-hmm. is so cool. But mm-hmm. what did you say to her? I was just, I know, we had like that anniversary dinner with her and I was yes. like, man, I can't wait. I really hope I get a opportunity to like be some sort of referral for her or something for someone that uh, if she wants to work in coffee in another state or something, just, yeah. just a chance to, like highlight her in the future. Yeah. How yeah. cool to be able to say that. Most people are like, yeah, sure. I'll give yeah, you a referral. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, well, that we touched on something I wanted to ask you around the idea of like being a woman in leadership. 
in your position and in specialty coffee, uh, just how that's been. <laughs> I Well, I honestly really, I don't know how to get to the question. I just really want you to tell the story of you getting trying to order an iced cappuccino <laughs> without naming the coffee shop. You can just say you're out of town. But I just feel like that wouldn't happen to a guy, mm. basically. Oh, yeah. And and then also vice versa, just checking in on like, you know, this company was started by three dudes and our two like highest paid, highest empowered leaders are women. women. Yeah. And that dynamic is like awesome. Yeah. Um, but obviously it can come with its challenges. Mm-hmm. But uh, please, I would I would love if you just lead with that story. Okay. There were two times I've done Don't. this. One, both I was served by a man and both I was looked at as if I was so silly. Um, but the one that was the silliest was, yeah, I won't mention any of the details of where it was, but it was the thing that we fight against, which is like, we don't want to be a pretentious coffee shop. Yeah. <laughs> I asked, I actually asked for like a hot, oh. just normal cappuccino, but I asked for honey in it. Mm. And I was like, can I just have a kiss of honey? I don't want a full ounce, just like half or less, just like a little kiss. And first of all, we would totally accommodate to anything people ask for in their cortado, cappuccino, anything like that. Yeah, espresso. We've we've put whipped cream and sprinkles on an espresso. (laughs) We make it the way you want. We don't normally carry whipped cream. It was after our birthday party. And we had some left and a a lady asked for it. And I was like, girl, that sounds so fun. Yes, we will do that for you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But the person just looked at me. Yeah. As if I was so silly for asking and then continued to the word that comes to mind is mansplain. But it was just like him describing the function, like how you are supposed to in his mind enjoy a cappuccino and how it should have nothing in it. And I was thinking like the amount of people, even Italians that put raw sugar in their cappuccino. I I was just kind of laughing to myself and you have to be unoffendable, but I hadn't had an experience where I was so in-depth explained how I should be doing something when I had just asked for like a kiss of honey. And I was just like, oh yeah, I think I said something. I had the desire, which I don't know if it was necessary to be like, yeah, I'm a barista too. I totally get that. I respect the traditions. That's awesome. Yeah, I I love it. I think I even said like, thank you for caring so much about this cappuccino because I was just in shock. I really care about this cappuccino. Yes. And then then I did continue to order it the way I wanted it. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm sticking with the honey. Thanks for explaining that. That's awesome. And I continued. I think I still tipped him because I was like, I live off of tips. I should probably give him at least a dollar. Very kind. And then at the end, when it was served, I it was the driest, like honestly, one of the worst cappuccinos I've ever had. And I was like, to be this pretentious, but then ironically served me probably the worst cappuccino I have ever had. That was crazy. (laughs) Dude, that is, that gets me every time. (laughs) Yeah, I I have never thought about how, as a woman, I was probably treated differently from that specific person. Like, I don't, if my husband had been with me and he loves honey, honey cappuccinos. He does. I think that it would have been 
a very different interaction. So I have to run it back. I have to go to the same place. Yeah. <laughs> have have Zion order honey cappuccino. That's true. Yeah, I I'm sure it's changing, but I just don't. I feel like, especially in the beginning of our time in coffee, we didn't see a lot of uh, women in positions of leadership, especially coffee. Yeah, I think it's definitely changing now. Yeah, but I'm curious why too, because it feels like just as inviting to it's not like too much of one thing like it's not in the stereotypes of male and female Mm -hmm. it's not too laborious and it's not too like aesthetic and Mm -hmm. decorative or something that would be more imaginative and hospitality forward it's like very much just as male as female in my mind like coffee is so inviting (laughs) so that is fascinating How's it been leading a team lately? Mm. I will say I think that I had some like very specific to being a woman insecurities when giving feedback to our longer term males on the team. Totally. (laughs) Did you hear the way I said male? I said males. (laughs) It came with the like small S. (laughs) Um. And I think that, to be frank, in any form of leadership, I would experience a bit of timidity entering in as a woman when a man had already been in my position Mm -hmm. and giving men feedback. Mm -hmm. And I have been humbled and blown away at um, our men on our team. I've also been challenged, and I do think, like— without going into a lot of depth, I do think that I cater my conversations differently from person to person, but definitely male to female. Sure. And that does feel unfair sometimes. Mm. And I have taken note of that. Or like when we are in, um, but hey, to come back to that, I, at the end of the day, I don't have to worry about being fair all the time. And like, if I want to be a good leader, regardless of male or female, I have to like, be humble and empathetic and like die to myself and my pride and Mm -hmm. the way that I want to just be able to enter in and say something quick and not like emotionally cater to somebody. Mm. I feel like I have an expectation as a woman to emotionally cater to people in a different way than men are required or are. We have a lot of male leaders like the three of you and Sam who are very emotionally intelligent and you're welcome. And wow, very nice. like, um, yeah, engaged and empathetic. And I see a lot of humility marked on all four of you, which is really remarkable and really moving for me. And I could not have worked in a company led by three men unless I was really called to it if there wasn't humility in their masculinity. Because mm. it's like pride, I think, is the fall of man. That's not my own quote. Hello. But in men specifically, like women, it'll totally destroy you for sure because pride just destroys everything. But mm. it's very challenging to be around a prideful man over a long period of time, especially as your employer. Yeah. And so at our monthly like leadership meetings, when Mikey and Savvy and I are there, I've noticed a couple of things, but one of them is – that I'm really thankful females are in the room because yeah. there is truly such a different perspective. Oh, time yeah. Time and time learned again. that one last time. Yes. You yeah. want to go there real quick? Okay, I, yeah. I was like, <laughs> we were just, you know, we'll bring up different topics to explore. And I was like, hey, I was thinking about uh, 
how we could make birthday <laughs> celebrations so funny. more like efficient and streamlined and easy on everybody. Yeah. Let's just maybe stop <laughs> doing like crowdfunding stuff. We'll just do the $60 Valor budget and, you know, you guys pick out something to get everyone for their birthday and that'll be the birthday. Yeah. And the, I'm Sam too, respectively. Yeah. Everybody's like, in short, like, no, yes. that's a terrible idea. Like, it's, that's it's such a huge part of our culture. That's like how we roll. Yeah. That's who we are. And I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, I'm glad we talked about it here instead of, you know, if it was just the three of us, I just go on mm-hmm. base camp. Yeah. Or if I'm just doing it, I'm like, all right, we do this now. But that's huge of having multiple uh, voices in the room, mm-hmm. men and women, to chop it up, you know, yes. and share perspective. I think it's important for our listeners to hear too that like all of the men and women are very different versions of masculine and feminine. Mm. Like we're not a copy and paste woman and y'all are not a copy and paste man. Like I see similarities oftentimes, but we are very different flares of what that looks like. And yeah. I think that's important to emphasize. Like there, we ha- are a very diverse team of leaders, mm-hmm. especially with our head of roastery, like, and then we have Riley compared to Ross compared to you, but then you bring in Sam and then you bring in me, Mikey, Savvy, like mm-hmm. even the three of us have similarities, but we're very different. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want, I think that we would be robbing the listeners of the power of what happens in our leadership meetings to be able to like trust each other and push each other and disagree and come to agreement and trust other people's lead mm-hmm. and other people's decisions. I have to learn to do that a lot. Like I can voice my opinion and ultimately it doesn't mean like rarely do I have an exact end result. I mean, maybe in the aesthetics of the look of like Milton, I'll have a, a couple things that I can just make on my own. But when it comes to culture, it's very much a collaborative mm-hmm. thing. And so I just wanted to emphasize that we're all very different. So it's not quote unquote easy. Like it, it's not just we're all pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. So like we all have similar thoughts. Totally. We really have different thoughts. Oh, yeah. No, I, I love it. Something you mentioned that I thought is an interesting dynamic as well with like building trust, making space for conflict and feedback and like team decision-making pairing that also with the reality of like your head coach and you have just final calls to make and mm-hmm. I'm in my position and I have final decisions to make. Yeah. Um, and then even like we empower our points, like the people who are on the floor, like we collect all the data or like all the opinion and then someone just has to make a decision. So I, I think it's a cool and powerful, uh, like, way to roll. But it is, it can be hard sometimes. You know, like, you can express your thought, you can express your idea, and then sometimes it just doesn't come to fruition, mm-hmm. right? And even I think, <laughs> I think I've shared with you, like, and other people, like, it's you know, Valor's not mine. It's me, Ross, and Riley. So even like what I personally just want, mm-hmm. it's not always going to be the perfect reflection of that. And you can get in your head about that and be like, well, you start your own thing. It's like, I couldn't. I'm like, I'm, I'm grateful that it's me, Ross, and Riley because it typically is something better than just my idea. And I, 
that gets into this concept of like refinement instead of just like we all submit our thoughts and then someone just picks the best one. But it's like you give a raw thought, I throw a couple things on it, someone else adds a perspective, it gets like put in the middle and refined. And then like yeah. the end result is this like collaborative refined piece mm-hmm. instead of just and it's better it's now. better yeah it does take a lot more time and energy and patience and you die to yeah offense very yeah. quickly you're unoffendable yeah i think the hardest time and the best was when we rebranded valor because wow. we just had like six we did it all like in-house so we had like six or seven brains on it and when you're talking about like what we think is just looks the best and you have seven seven different ideas it's you have to be honest too. yeah there's no yeah. way you lightly are like mm, maybe not yeah, like, no it's like no yeah <laughs> i know because we I, all, I mean we almost rolled out a couple things and then looking back i'm like i'm so glad wow i remember a time it maybe wasn't even brought up the best way but it had just had to get brought up elijah was like i think we need to start over i think we just need to scrap this and everybody was like oh we just went so far down this road wow and then you have to be brave enough to do that and then we we're like someone was like you know what yeah i think actually if we change this and it's like back to back to the start but looking back i'm like man i'm so glad we didn't go down that road even though we went pretty far like someone has to speak up yeah sometimes and i like that there are women and men in that conversation in that entire development as well absolutely so i think that's just so important like <laughs> if we're doing something that is catering to everyone, like we just are in Alpharetta and we're just in Dunwoody, mm-hmm. how could like the behind the scenes, the ideation of all of these things, the creation of like beverages, food, look, feel, layout, like how could it not be from a variety of representation of the people that will be enjoying it, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm just feeling right now that um, there's probably a lot of places that have been robbed of just one or two or three more perspectives. Like what better things could have been created at this point if people were just willing to bring more people into the drawing board? Mm-hmm. I do see you have to be careful with who you do that with. Like, sure. Yeah, because even with a coffee shop, and we, you can kind of take this to the really practical, real business side of it, but we've talked about in the last couple of episodes of like, this is not a very high profit, like big money business. So usually the best thing is to do it by yourself. Mm. But then knowing that too, Mm -hmm. having more voices, more minds, more collaboration will probably yield a lot better results. And it's probably why you see bigger companies just have like better drinks or like better branding or better marketing campaigns because they have more, time, money, voices, diversity to speak into it and refine it Mm -hmm. instead of like, you know, if you're looking at uh, like David Bazilia and Sidetrack, it's like, you can only do so much, just one, one guy, you know? And granted, he does it very, very well. He does it very well. (laughs) He does it very well. But yeah, he doesn't want to grow past what we see. Yes. At least that's what he's voiced when I've talked to him about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's probably a big part of it, not trying to be more than what you can take on mm-hmm. as well, right? Yes, totally. Finding your ceiling. Yeah. You got any questions for me? I do have some questions. I did want to say one more thing about being a woman in leadership, though. 
I have randomly in the last like couple of weeks said and thought out loud, <laughs> thought in my head and said out loud um, that I really, really like being a woman in leadership. And I was actually talking to Sarah, who is going to be a chaplain for Emory Hospital, which is Come amazing. On, congratulations. And she wants to go into death row chaplain ministry, which is crazy. Like, yeah, there's a lot I could say. She's a hero, a total hero. Something that I was telling her was like to be a female advocate is like a, a different weight to carry. Mm. In Christian terms, it's like a different cross to bear, you mm -hmm. know, because a lot of men have been advocates, but much less women have been brave enough and given enough opportunity and freedom in their life to be able to fearlessly advocate for people and the world, you know, mm. like to advocate. She's specifically interested in like mentally ill hospitalized people whoa so that comes yeah whoa is how we should react and incarcerated um i think a lot of yeah it's unto that but oh, okay. right now she's working she's like growing cool. i think you have to do uh, it's like a lot of jobs you have to have a lot of experience before you go all the way to where you're heading you know and i think that uh prison chaplains and death row specifically from my understanding they have to have like residency after residency and okay. like school after school experience after wow. experience okay. um because it's so sensitive um but correct me if i'm wrong listeners i don't know we want to hear from you about yeah. chaplain residency <laughs> like a uh, growth career path yeah. um sarah could correct us easily hit us in the comments yeah. sarah <laughs> um but i just was connecting with her because I felt such an invitation for a long time in my life. I remember being in high school and middle school and having like a pounding heart feeling in certain social situations that I needed to speak up about something. Mm. And so I would, but it was, and that was just because I was young. I think I was just nervous and learning my voice, but I would just be met with like, there would be an injustice and I would be so deeply disturbed and bothered and hurt. And it was like greater than empathy. I was like feeling that something was wrong and no one was speaking up. No one was speaking truth. No one was speaking kindness. No one was defending the weak, whatever that looked like in the moment. And I was just so intensely, it was like fire. I had to say something. It's still like that sometimes, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, it makes you you. <laughs> but I have learned specifically being a woman, and you can challenge this if you have a different experience. <laughs> I feel a different like expectation from women and men to be uh, interpreted as kind and loving and sweet and gentle. And if mm. I am strong, a man can be strong in their words and simple and kind of snappy. You know, not that you guys operate that way often, but it just would be way less offensive. And it's yeah. kind of like, yeah, it's just what, if I'm using you as an example, it's just what Ethan said. Yeah, easy. Or like mm -hmm. even you giving feedback to someone, I feel that you don't have to emotionally cater as much or think about the way that you are coming across. Like, yeah. I feel even in mother and father dynamics, because I feel that like, I'm the the mom of the cafe. Cafe mama. A couple of people have said that. And I honestly feel that way sometimes. And Sam and I play those roles sometimes. Mm -hmm. I'm like, 
I don't know. We can go into that at a different time, but I just see how that actually falls into place pretty organically, which I'm grateful for. But I see like last week alone, I had four people calling me crying, you know, Mm -hmm. and Sam does not get called crying. So I feel like I'm a different level of a safe space emotionally, maybe at times, Mm -hmm. even though you've seen me and many people cry many times. So it's not impossible. Sure. I just think like at, face value people expect a different thing from me than they do from you no matter what like even if we're doing the same actions the Mm -hmm. expectation is different so Mm -hmm. I can I can't get away with like a quick call as much I don't think without maybe being labeled as bossy or or a b-word I don't think people see me that way in our cafe right but that's a true label that a lot of women in leadership get is like She's such a B word, mm-hmm. but really she's just a strong, like knowledgeable, capable of communicating quickly and easily mm-hmm. without much elaboration or much emotional catering. Right. It's kind of funny. That is funny. Yeah. I feel like if anything, I'm trying to work on being more direct because I think we've talked about that before, but I can, in feedback scenarios, I can be yes. really soft and really loving. And then maybe I think it goes so well that maybe the point doesn't even land because yeah. there's been so much fluff around it. Someone's um, like, wait, I was supposed to almost get fired. <laughs> That's actually happening. I'm like, oh, yeah, the conversation <laughs> went great. And he wasn't even mad. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, That's it's true. because the message was not communicated. Mm. Yeah, there is something to the power of like getting to a place where we can be that fast and that quick with feedback, I think. Yep. And so I, that is something I actually was going to ask of like the how to hmm, navigate the balance of equipping the heart of your team as well as like the hands of your team, like speaking to just, and, and you know this in like if the head coach position has a pie chart like with like time spent, like team care is like a pretty big thing. It's just like you have 10 to 12 people under your care. And they have lives going on. Typically, the people that work at Valor are like just figuring out life Mm -hmm. because that's why they're in this position of like, I just graduated college or like I just stopped doing this or I just moved from here. And I'm just like trying to figure out my life. And usually that comes with complication, that comes with stress, that comes with a lot of junk, honestly. And they're not like the secure, confident version. Yeah, they know exactly where they want to be. They're like, they're in their spot and we sometimes we get that which is awesome so just the like catching someone's life and instilling confidence and trust and honestly just love that they feel loved in a space yeah and then like tending to their heart enough that we can just be like i need a matcha Mm -hmm. and it's not like or like i need you to go faster yeah i need this 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 or whatever like can you stop doing that Mm mm-hmm but if there's that foundation of trust, then that, the book talks about uh, the foundation of trust is the or trust is the foundation of a good team mm-hmm. um, is so key because if we don't have that, then it probably breeds a lot of room for like she's like oh she's a B or yeah. he's like this. Or, and there's no connection. There's no connection, but that is legit though because even now, like I've been working on just giving my feedback and 
a really loving way, but in a very clear and like unoffendable mindset way of like, hey, you just need to work on this. And that's not, Mm -hmm. doesn't define who you are. Mm -hmm. It doesn't like condemn you in any way. I'm telling you this because I love you. Yeah. But let's just grow together. Let's Mm -hmm. do this together. Um, But it has been so far been received really well and it is like quick and it's sharp sharper um so yeah i i guess i always have felt like a a freedom but i think a lot of my personal hesitancies with feedback were like these hypotheticals of the what if what happens after how do they perceive me and so the idea is like go as soft as you can so the perception can be awesome Mm -hmm. but i think when we talk about feedback, we never, we don't often highlight just positive feedback as well of like instilling confidence and encouragement. And if we lay that foundation as well, those critical feedback moments and like growth areas land a lot easier. But yeah, I'm sure that's legit. And I mean, sorry to keep rolling, but I was thinking about, I love it. We have that position on our floor called Expo. Yeah. Where, the main thing is delegating basically of like your job is just to tell everybody what to do. Mm -hmm. And I do remember like me and you would probably operate in a very, very similar way. But I think people would be shocked sometimes at how much, how clearly and how like precisely you would provide delegation. Mm -hmm. And then for me, it's just like, yeah. Yes. It it was an expectation, like an unspoken, this is what I'm used to in the world. Mm -hmm. A man delegates very clearly. Yeah. I remember with, I think Mikey and I are very similar in that way. We, when we are in a position, we know what we need and what we want. And I can very quickly, especially now, see like best players. This is the team right now. Mm -hmm. And I, Yeah, you really feel like a coach when you are like arranging the schedule and you know exactly in a moment, okay, we need to switch it up. Everyone, like we're going to have blah, blah, blah as Brewer now and blah, blah, blah as support now and blah, blah, blah as my support now and Surge and whatever. Mm -hmm. That's true. I do remember people really giving me affirmation like, wow, you're so good at delegating. And I didn't think anything of it. You had just been like a good expo, ask for help, and they don't do everything on their own. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I'm just doing what Ethan taught me. Mm. That's very true. Yeah. And to be fair, you are, yes, it's been so noteworthy. And I've said this many times and I actually just heard MT and Megan talking about this, but working for the men that we work for um, has been like completely life altering because there's not a lot of male leaders who are truly down to their core, gentle and kind and justice-oriented and, like, willing to not take themselves too seriously and just have fun. Like, y'all are all very diverse representations of just healthy men. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's really, really been a blessing and healing, very healing for me. But you've heard that before from different women on the team. Hey, they're hearing it for the first time That's true. Yeah, and hopefully as female leaders, we can do, like— a very similar thing yes. for men and women. Yeah. I've I've heard that actually from a lot of women that I work with. Like, wow, I didn't have healthy female friendships before I worked here. And yeah, it's just really beautiful to advocate for like females should be for females. Like we're mm-hmm. not in competition. 
we can be like girls, girls and Mm -hmm. be in like a healthy, thriving relationship with many girls and work together and not see each other as competition. Like when one rises up in one way, it shouldn't be intimidating. It should just be like, congratulations. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a lesson I learned over and over and over again, like we were talking about earlier. Like I can't learn that lesson enough Mm -hmm. is to not see the woman by my side or in front of me or behind me as competition at all, Mm -hmm. a source of pride or insecurity on any way. I just need to be Lillaby and they can be them and I can like cheer them on and be a good friend no matter what. Totally. Yeah. Okay, wait, you said something. You were asking a question earlier. My 12th takeaway. Takeaway number 12. From five dysfunctions of a team was a great leader is marked by authenticity and vulnerability. And I even wrote page 201. I guess I really wanted you to know that I was reading these pages. I'm not just pulling this out of my butt. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so I don't remember your full question because we really explored so much afterwards. But, um, and that's a good thing. But what I remembered wanting to say was, I think that I as a leader, especially just being pit crew, like I just went in at the most standard level. I was never like an owner from the get go Mm -hmm. or anything else. I felt just, I think there's so much power in my specific life experience in Valor because I'm like, dude, I used to not do this exact thing too. I've received like all the feedback I have Mm -hmm. to give. I have received pretty much. I mean, honestly, I've heard all of it I think like three and a half years of learning a skill and even not even from you directly but from the entire team I've heard different versions of feedback and that's so important for me I get to be vulnerable and humble with a lot of ease because I've just had to be humble and vulnerable like I had to be exposed before someone and them tell me that I let them down or Mm -hmm. like I'm not doing something right Mm -hmm. or I forgot something again, you know, or I don't know. I just think that's so important to never think yourself too high because, and then it will be received so much better because you get to relate with someone and experience this like sweet pleasure, the sweet and rare thing of being like, do you want to hear where I was? And where I am now, hopefully Mm -hmm. I've grown so much that it gives you encouragement to grow in this specific thing. And oftentimes the feedback I give, I get to joyfully say, I'm learning that right now too, actually. If you Mm -hmm. want to hear about it, I can share. Instead of only offloading this like unrelatable, impersonal knowledge, right? I'm just enforcing the rules here. I'm just pretty perfect and this is unrelatable to me, but I'm going to give you some personal advice. Like how gnarly... Few people, it would take a very special person to receive that as an invitation to grow and really Mm -hmm. like blossom in a work environment. They'd have to be very, very special and unique and set apart and unoffendable and just like beautiful. Yeah. I think most people learn well from a leader who is just honest and real. And like I've cried before my team before. I've said I'm having a bad day before. Like December and November we had this prompt um, before you, it's like a pre-shift 10 minutes where you get to onboard without like, basically we saw that people were just like rushing from their house 
straight on bar, not even able to put their keys in the back office. Like yeah. just the rush, 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 constant. You're never pausing. You're never breathing. You're never reflecting. You're just trying to get to the next place. Mm-hmm. And you're always a little late. And it was hurting the team. And it was hurting like the internal lives of each player, I felt like. Mm-hmm. And so there was an initiative for zero-minute late policy, but it also became an invitation for both locations, but definitely I can speak for mine to just like get into the space, grab a drip or grab a water and sit for 10 minutes. And I would write questions on the board. And one of them was so simple, but it was like on a scale of one to 10. So they're reading this or writing this down or just thinking before their shift on a scale of one to 10, where's your energy at right now? If it's below a five, I asked them to tell their teammates, like the people they were working with that day. And I just asked like, why is it that way? How can you change that throughout the day? Like in the same day, how can you boost your energy and how tomorrow can you? Because I think a lot of people think like, if I had bad sleep, I only got five hours of sleep or like I was super restless all night. And then they ruin their entire day by proclaiming, like, today is going to suck. That, like, qualifies for a bad day. Yes. Whoa. Which is crazy. Whoa. So I love in my personal life and in my team to encourage, like, nothing. A lot like what you were saying earlier, like, you can be empathetic and understand a lot of things about someone's life, but that does not equal a, um, what was the word you used? Excuse. Yeah. 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 I had a different word in mind, but yeah, excuse. So I think that in a lot of spaces where you're encouraging emotional navigation, which I like to do, Mm -hmm. oftentimes it's not paired with rising above your emotion. Calling people higher, yeah. Yes. It's often just met with like, how do you feel today? And that's pretty much where it sits. So if you're really sad, why are you sad? And then you keep digging into all the reasons why anyone can be sad Mm -hmm. instead of challenging that mindset and being there listening. And that happens all the time. We'll be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like immediately, there's actually, we talked about this. It's really powerful. My friends, Amanda and Caleb Bactel, the Bactels have this really cool saying in their family where they say, cover someone. Mm -hmm. And so in old churches, when people would like be on their knees or falling out in the glory or whatever, there would be people with blankets who would cover women and men so they weren't, their bodies weren't exposed Mm -hmm. and they weren't vulnerable. They just could experience what they're experiencing with God and spiritually without their bodies being vulnerable, which is so cool. But (laughs) they do it with their words. So their family, if someone says something as simple as like, I'm sad or as serious as like, a very intense emotional issue or an abuse they've experienced or anything in their life, whatever they're unpacking, they cover them. So they immediately like speak the opposite. So yes, if they're sad, they just speak into their value and like how much life they bring to them and how Mm -hmm. much life they carry. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm being vague because we're not using an exact example, but they just speak life over that person. And they totally meet that person with like an adequate amount of response. I don't know. They're not just like zooming past the problem. Yeah. It's not deferring that moment or like skirting past it. Yes. But I think, I mean, for me, it's just hitting the whole mission of valor, right? Mm -hmm. Uplift people through coffee. Like 
you first have to know where someone's at. Yeah. We recognize that. We empathize with that. And then we're like, all right, how do yeah. we, how do we go from here? Yeah. I understand you're at like a one right now. Dang. How do we get you to a three, mm-hmm. four, five by the end of the day? Mm-hmm. You know, and that happens. Yes. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. That's the power of the team. Yeah. Right. Cause we don't want people feeling like they can just like always come in at the one, you know, we want people to, to grow and like be that support for someone else on another day. Mm-hmm. But it's, that's like the, the core area of, are we uplifting our team first? Because if we're not, then how are we going to take care of the guests that come into our space? Mm-hmm. Because it all stems from the team. And like, I, I know, I know you know what it's like to work with someone who's just down in the dumps and you're yeah. like, this team cannot function the same way. Oh yeah. I can like individually muster up as much as I can, but if we're not like all giving it our best, then we're just going to fall short mm-hmm. that day. We carry so much energy. I remember us talking about that when we were challenged by a coworker a couple of months back, I was just astonished at the energy, both good and negative, like light and dark, you can bring into a space. Mm-hmm. And I think that in and of itself can be oddly like powerful for someone to hear. Yeah. Like you are a powerful presence. When you're in this space, it is felt. Mm-hmm. So what energy are you releasing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> are you adding like creativity and thought and connection or are you like disengaging and wallowing and totally disconnected because you're too consumed in yourself? Mm-hmm. And there might be like good reason and sad, awful things that are happening in your life. But if we're going to be in the hospitality industry and you're going to fully engage with it, then you have to be asked and challenged. And like I've been in seasons like that. Mm-hmm. The way I entered into Valor, I would cry on every break. In the bathroom, I would wipe a tear. You know, like the second I hit my steering wheel, it was during COVID. I had moved. I had quit the ministry I was a part of. A relationship ended. And I was so lonely. I mm-hmm. felt like so many of my close, deep friends. I was restarting community, which comes with like no one actually fully knew me for a while, mm-hmm. you know? And so... I just, that's another way that I was able to encourage and lead and challenge out of vulnerability and authenticity because I had authentically been in a really hard place, but it was so important for me to get lost in the art and the work of others, Mm -hmm. to make a drink and make someone else smile. That fueled me so Mm -hmm. much was like forgetting myself. It was an invitation with pleasure. I would forget all of my little worries and sadness and I would save that for later. I process it for later over dinner parties and stuff like that and my alone time and my drives. But when I was in Valor, it became this beautiful safe haven where I wasn't pretending to be something I wasn't, but instead I just got to exercise being selfless and exercise serving another person when all I wanted to be was served. Yeah. That's a really, uh, strongly contested narrative, I think. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) because we want to talk about like, I don't know how to get into it well, but we have the word of the year at Valor where, you know, everybody picks a word for growth. And one of our team members, Sarah, uh, picked this 
term called self-forgetfulness. The chaplain to be, the mind chaplain you. To be, yeah. So it makes sense. And I love the the kind of like tagline she shared with it. it was, I think it was from Tim Keller. He said like, the idea is not to think less of ourselves, but to think of ourselves less. Yes. And wow. I think we, yeah, there's a lot in us that wants to say like, you know, ruminate, get to the bottom of all your stuff, like always have your eyes in. And then anytime you're like focused on other people, that stuff is like getting worse until you look at it again. Mm -hmm. But we really do get to step into a lot of healing in our work of being a servant. Mm. Um, I feel like we've, we've gone off and on this like heavy narrative of like, are you a server or are you a servant? A server is just fulfilling the tasks of like, what do you want? 377, I'm going to make it, have a good day. And the servant is like, genuinely pleased to go low and like figure out how to uplift someone in their three minutes they're in our space right so powerful and uh it's cool that it like that genuinely helps us heal and grow Mm -hmm. it's just like not worrying about What's going on? Yeah. It seems counterintuitive. It's right? very illogical. Like yeah. When my brain thinks about it, it makes no sense. Didn't Mother Teresa say something like we're most like ourselves when we're serving or we're most wow. like? That's very her MO. <laughs> that's empty. She was all about it. So that makes sense. Yeah. But I think that's a great narrative for anyone working in a cafe. It's very easy and tempting to just lock in on oh my gosh, yeah. your own stuff. But it's a really cool release to just be able to, we we say eyes up, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, just have your eyes up for other people. So much more fun that so way. So much more fun. And it starts with the team and then goes to the guests, which is, yeah. which is really an important combination. A good way that I feel like I've been able to serve others and look at others and be totally focused on them. But then in turn, I get this crazy service back to me. Mm. is being vulnerable with our guests, actually. So you can wade that. And I will say being a woman, too. (laughs) We've talked about this with our team before. Like, you never have to give too much of yourself to anyone in conversation, too much personal information or anything. So I don't want this to be confused. But with the right person in the right time. So, you know, with our new initiative of speed, we really want to value people enough that people are getting through our line at like 45 seconds to a minute zones because that's a more pleasurable experience from the get-go to be Mm -hmm. in valor and not have to wait 10 minutes, 20 minutes in a line. Mm -hmm. And people will wait. We've learned. I mean, they're committed, which is wonderful. I love it. And people like the banter and the conversation. So never at the loss of that. Um, So this is all funny lead up to saying when it's the right place in the right time. When someone asks me how I am, I love to really truly answer them mm-hmm. and never like inappropriately go into a mindless like saga of my personal life. Like I really want this to be clear that I just remember I was actually thinking about this this morning. Something reminded me there's a wonderful woman named Charity who comes into our shop and I, she just asked me, it was very slow for like 20 minutes, just a little baby lull. And I was on expo, I was making drinks. So she had come up for her second beverage and I love to talk to her. 
So I was just asking her how she was doing and she had generically answered me like, I'm doing fine. And I kind of pressed a little more, but she wasn't sharing too much. Mm -hmm. So then she said, how are you? And I was like, to be honest, my sister and one of my best friends just experienced a miscarriage. So I've been really walking through something I've never, ever walked through before. Like I have never been a friend to someone my age that experienced this kind of loss. It's very unique. And I was, I think that's pretty much all I said. I was just being honest. And I think tears are in my eyes because it was super fresh at that time. Mm. And she immediately started crying and she was like, Lillaby, and shared about personal experiences that she had had, that she had, she said she had only shared it with a few people in her life, you know, mm. and people just don't understand that kind of loss. Mm -hmm. So I found, I've just found such power and beauty. Like that is being served. I wasn't looking to be served, but I really shared how I was doing. And I know this piece of this person that few people know. And I was like entrusted with that. And we got yeah. to cry together over the bar. I'm just making a drink, but we're connecting <laughs> oh. deeply, you know? Oh, and I've done that more than once with many people. I've, I love to find the value in someone. Mm -hmm. Like dig and dig and dig and then find it. It's mm -hmm. such a fun thing like, to do. I've found that over and over again. But that's a simple way, I feel. Yeah. It's almost servanthood leads to deeper connection. Yeah. To go low, right? It like shows what we're willing to give and thus like allow from yes. them. Like, Hey, I'm, I'm serving you from utmost humility mm -hmm. and like vulnerability and honesty. You are welcome to express that yeah. here as well. Yes. And it'll be met well. And I mean, that's like pretty much the opposite of your cappuccino story, right? So it's like <laughs> yeah, the narrative true. of what it means to go to a coffee shop wow. and connect with somebody is it's kind of worlds apart sometimes. So it makes mm -hmm. sense that so many people just come in, guard up, drip coffee, hitting the road, you know. Yeah. But it is an honor to, because the reality is that though someone's in that space just for a little bit, we're in that space all day. Yes. And so when people are able to come in and we can like be that space of connection, it's awesome. Mm -hmm. It makes the job awesome. It does. We've talked about how like your vision for your whole life and like where you're going to be in the future uh how it's always so cool when you can express those things that are so dear to you where you are you know mm -hmm. i think so often we can just look ahead all the time like i just need to get to this place and i'll be fully my real life will start later yeah. i hate that yeah the real it, life mentality <laughs> but it's now you know it is. the opportunity to connect the opportunity to like showcase your giftings mm -hmm. um so i'm glad you get to do that here yeah. thanks and it makes everything better right yeah. makes your job better and it, it's a better experience here it purposes everything you do if you get to operate in your natural desires and giftings yeah and for some reason people just don't it's like my work friends my work life my personal life my like mm. real life friends i don't know why there's such a like segregation of mm -hmm. that it you are lillaby in your work and in yeah you are no like you are ethan you are just as ethan when you are a husband and a father in your quiet little home that's so sweet as you are when you are in the hustle and bustle Absolutely. of the cafe in a rush as you are when you're painting the cafe with only three of us till mm -hmm. well past close you know 
yeah, that's really important for me to remember. Like I am doing a disservice to my my entire life. Like Mm -hmm. one day I will, I mean, God willing, I will be old with a lot of stories to tell. And I don't want someone else's stories to tell, like books I've read. Mm. I want my own stories to tell, mm-hmm. you know? And that is at the grocery store and the gas station just as much as your job and the honeymoon you took mm-hmm. and the vacation you saved a year for, you know? Mm-hmm. People, I don't know where that lie came from. It's such a disservice to your life. Yeah, we talk about it in orientation just Something happens when we start work where we feel instantly dehumanized. Yeah. And that's why we take so much time in the hiring process to find people that we value the same thing Mm -hmm. so that we can say, yo, we trust you. Yeah. We want you. Yeah, just be you. Don't copy what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot you can learn and apply in your own way. Mm -hmm. But like when it comes to connection, like only you can do it Mm -hmm. your way. Um, So cool. I see that all the time. Yeah, it's it's a gift. So, uh, but that is it's huge about like finding the right people for that. And I'm sure, but it also we don't want that to be an excuse of like, well, I'm just not in the right job for that. But yeah. it's like there's always a component of ourselves that we can express in whatever job we're in. Can I ask you one of my questions? Bring it on, yo. Do you pick a number one through three? I wrote three down. Two. Dang, I think that was my least favorite. Three. <laughs> Three or one. Okay. Mm. What's your proudest moment as a leader? Work specifically. Was this the one that you're saying I needed to pick uh, like a story? Recall a story. Proudest moment as a leader. Oh, man. All right. First thing came to my mind was the last party we threw in Dunwoody. We had like, it was very multifaceted wow. hospitality panel, uh, Q&A, or uh, Latiar Throwdown. We just had food and drinks and watching like Valor people just like exude Valorness <laughs> in yeah. while also just being themselves and like watching you uh, moderate the panel with like, an insane amount of discernment and ease and wisdom that you weren't even like, I mean, it's not like you prep for that stuff. You just kind of like walk into it and you're just talking to some, uh, some awesome I think people. I was told like the that day. week or yeah. yeah. Like, hey, can you moderate a panel? And you're like on what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hospitality. <laughs> we'll just oh. figure it out when we're there. And then watching Mikey just spend so much time yes. planning and executing and oh, leading yeah. And then watching the team just like sink their teeth into any role they're in, whether it's like greeting or yes. like announcing the uh, the brackets, and it's just like or watch. just hyping up and keeping the space beautiful. Yeah, and then it ends <laughs> with a dance party of all of us like absolutely moshing in the middle of the bar, and then so much joy, and then Sophia being like, "Everybody dance!" and like, "Let's take it out to everybody!" and everybody starts dancing. It's like, mm. oh my gosh, yeah. So there was just so many like moments within that night of like, oh man, I am so like proud. This is mm. what we've cultivated. Yeah. And this was just like a free expression of that. So that was the first thing that came to my mind. Um, but then there's just these like, I don't know if you experienced this as a, a leader or just as a little bit behind the bar. I just have these 
absolute waves of euphoria come over me when I like witness something beautiful or witness someone serving a guest with like that utmost humility and love and tenderness. You should talk about Gavin talking to that old lady. Oh, that feels yes. like a really good example. Yeah, that is totally one of those examples where it's like we don't. We, I guess the core of it is like when you watch someone just live it out. And you know you can't train for that. Mm. But you watch someone just like totally get it. Um, so we, it was an older lady went to pick up her mom, who is a very older lady from like our local retirement home, just to like take her out for an afternoon. And she, I think she was like 100. Wow. No cap. Congratulations. And her name was Beautiful Rachel. Oh, yeah. So, Beautiful and she Rachel. was like, I mean, maybe four, eight, like tiny old lady. And they come up to the counter and Gavin, who still works with us in Alpharetta, like so unprompted, just gets down on like his elbows on the counter just to be like eye level with her. And is just talk like, I think she was hard of hearing too. So just like so close and so near and, um, just loves on her so well and that like empathy to go low mm. see her where she is Literally, and yes. i'm just like making drinks and i look over and i'm like that tears is- are <laughs> welling yeah <laughs> it's the cutest thing and, and he uh, put her name in as beautiful rachel beautiful right rachel yeah yeah, yeah. so i that, and that's so small right mm. that's just such a small moment that if if i'm just in the hustle and bustle like oh, i got three red tickets and i gotta go but Having eyes up to just look over and be like, wow. Yeah. That's just someone we talk about going above and beyond a lot. That's just someone going above and beyond. Oh yeah. For the people that come into this space. Yeah. And then matching that with like bringing out some awesome lattes with great latte art. And they would they'd be like, oh my gosh, this is so yeah. cool. And it's just like, this is just a, a mom and daughter like getting out. But if we can just make that getting out moment mm. more like uplifting and Mm. elevate that experience for them just to elevate what's already happening there with them connecting and building their relationship. So sick. So sweet. It's that ripple effect that I love talking about of like, we can change the tone of that experience for them in a positive way where that, you know, beautiful Rachel's going to go back to the retirement home with something like carrying something else. And then that daughter is going to go back to her life. And, but she's been touched with kindness and yes. affection and love. And that changes the way that she talks to her husband or her family yeah. or wow. like the guys that come in to work, yeah. you know, we meet them with empathy and mm. with like excellence and care. And then they're like, huh, someone cares. Mm-hmm. And then maybe they care a little bit more at their job. Yes. It's like, man. And we get to do that with hundreds of people. We do. With every person. It's such a pleasure. It's that like daily moment by moment decision to care and like engage Mm -hmm. and connect so i think another way that like being a instead of just a server a little Mm -hmm. robot server and being a servant is like really it's that thing where it's ironic that you're the one being served and being the servant Mm -hmm. but i can't imagine like when you do an act of kindness, it's so fun. Yes. You feel so good and so beautiful and so radiant. Like last week, I just hit a really beautiful stride in my work life, like with the challenging and with the like team care and with developing older leaders mm-hmm. and giving them more invitation. 
and with like always keeping my eyes on our newbies. And I was just so proud and so inspired to keep doing that with every single person. Mm -hmm. But even down, and that's internal in our company. But then with the customer, like Gavin talked so kindly and got down low and connected with an older woman. And I don't know, that's just so precious. But on top of that, I can't imagine that like the people in line oftentimes see the amount of people who have come up to me and been like, the way that you talk to that person was so sweet, like little kids or older oh, people, yeah. and they're inspired. Wow. Or like, you're just so happy. That's one version of it. But when they're inspired by the action, I'm inspired to keep doing that for other people and give them the same experience, mm-hmm. but like them addition, not mm-hmm. the other person addition. Yeah, seeing them. Yeah, because it's not a script. Yeah. It's not like, I do this for everybody. Yeah. And oh yeah, it's so cool. I love. I wonder how many other cafes have this, but like, I love that we have now. We have so many, like, not little, but just kids that come in and order for their parents. Yeah, they're trusted they, to come in with little cards. They have yeah. so much fun. Yeah. talking with us and ordering and like, and it's safe. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've just seen that more and more. That like, the kids come and order for them, and maybe that happens all over, and that's awesome if it yeah. does. But I felt like that's a really unique occurrence mm-hmm. that the parents feel like their kid can just go in, like, yeah. engage with like the seven, guests. Like seven, five years old. Yeah. It's crazy. Yes. <laughs> it's so precious. And we know them by name and we know their orders and like, yeah, we know how to help them and how to ask them. We, You know what? McKenna came up with a list for this little teenage homie. He's like tween, a teenager. I think he's 13. And she has a list of questions she wants to ask him so she doesn't forget. And when she asks him one thing, she like crosses it off. And like, she's just so, that's so cool. Like she doesn't want to forget how to relate to him. Mm -hmm. So she writes it down. And that's like, that is scripted in a way, but it was unscripted that she had the thought to, in her personal time, write down on a napkin behind bar. Yeah. It's all catered to him and his Mm -hmm. personal experience. And he has no idea that's happening, but he loves Valor and will spend hours there. You know, it's so cool. I wanted you to talk about um, when Sophia with tears in her eyes at her last, like her, we do anniversary dinners. I don't know if you've talked about this on the podcast. I don't think so. It's so powerful. These are internal things that are not, they don't make you guys money immediately. But it's like the blessings are so beyond monetary monetary blessings. Mm-hmm. Like you, every anniversary have like different tiers of budgets. If you've been there one year, two, three, four. Hey, if somebody makes it five, you're playing around with the, getting on a flight to Europe or something. Yeah, Paris, baby. <laughs> That'd be crazy. But so it was Sophia's two-year anniversary and also at the end of her career. And what did she say changed her life? <laughs> Sophia, I hope you don't mind us sharing your personal uh, stories, but we're doing it. Um, <laughs> That's th- true. Yeah, this was like highlight, top 10 highlight of my life, career. Uh, this is what I thought you were going to say when I asked the question. Oh, well, <laughs> I, I'm just saying what came to my mind. All right? I love that, it. That's definitely, this is so up there. She she said something um, along the tune of like, you and Valor, this was the first place and you were the first person to tell me that my work does not define my worth, mm-hmm. right? That I'm not defined by 
what I do, but who I am. Yeah. Um, and that, that was history or storied by her being so hard on herself mm-hmm. because that measure of success was on, only based on her performance. Yeah. And that is uh, toxic. That doesn't, that leads to like shame and guilt and frustration and disappointment because we just, we fall short from time to time. We mess up, mm-hmm. we break stuff, we have bad days, but having, uh, having deeper identity and deeper care for who we are, knowing that you are like uplifted by your team, that you're a part of something mm-hmm. greater. Um, man, if, if the people that come work for us can learn that on their way out the river, I'm like, that's a thumbs up, you know, oh, yeah. because it is transformational for them. And then it's transformational for us while they're with us. Oh yeah. We're blessed and way better off when someone can operate out of freedom and trust mm. and like acting undignified, you know, not taking themselves too seriously because they can mess up and it's okay. Mm. You know, that playground mindset of like, go for it, man. Like take, shoot your shot. Yeah. Challenge someone to an arm wrestle. All right. <laughs> yes, she did. And then they'll say no. And then you'll be a little <laughs> embarrassed and then you'll move on, you know, or they'll say yes. Just happen for So that was huge to like someone's life was changed just by working at a coffee shop. Yeah. And you said this really cool thing that paired with that, the simple words like your worth does not equal your work. Mm -hmm. And you like held up a cup and you were like, if you just drop this at my feet right now, you wouldn't get fired. I wouldn't get mad. I wouldn't scream at you. And that was like mind blowing to her. Mm. It was like, I could do something intentionally bad. And I mean, obviously... (laughs) If she was chucking cappuccino cups at people, that would be one thing and she would never do that. But the metaphor stood for someone like her who had such an intense level of perfection Mm -hmm. in her heart and mind. Like there was such a drive, which is a beautiful thing, but Mm -hmm. it needs to be met with like the acceptance that perfection is totally not an option in this life. Like no one is perfect. And what's so cool is that the recognition of that just leads to greater excellence yes because you have the freedom to grow and fail and grow and fail and grow and fail without feeling like when you fail oh i gotta go back to the beginning oh yeah like and then you're so hard on yourself you're rigid you're Mm. tight and you're shaking and you're trying to do latte and you're like yeah we perform so poorly when we're just mad at ourselves or disappointed in ourselves mm -hmm. that's so cool big time well hey do you want to review this coffee oh my gosh yeah i know we've been talking for uh, quite some time. Yeah, we have. And thank you, by the way, for your time. Thank you. It's an honor. Um, so the way this whole, you want some of this? It's kind of warm. Oh yeah. Thank you, Hario. Do you want to give a quick background on how you scored this mug? Oh my goodness. Um, a homie named Matt is from San Francisco, and he comes into our coffee shop in Alpharetta. Because we're the best. Because we're the best. And he is, I always want to say potist, is a potist, a potter, a ceramicist. A a potter or ceramicist. (laughs) A ceramic king. (laughs) Whatever title he prefers, you're understanding that he's in the world of pottery. A boulder of clay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I think the... The sweetest part of it is, so he made three of them for Sam, Sophia, and I, who were the 
opening crew on Saturdays. And he comes in every Saturday and gets his two favorite drinks. And he would come in with handmade mugs that he made Mm -hmm. and get a cortado in them. Mm -hmm. And they were so cute and beautiful. We'd always compliment them. But I... The three of us all together would always commit ourselves to getting to know him more. (laughs) And I was never getting much of an energy that he was loving the level of engagement. Like, I didn't think he was bothered, but I didn't think he was living for the conversation. But then he gave us a little handwritten letter and these three little ceramic mugs that are so beautiful. And he said something like, Something simple. Just thank you so much for the chats on Saturday mornings. It means a lot. Happy holidays. And that to me was, you don't often get to have the satisfaction of someone's thoughts. Like Mm -hmm. they're not just living like, Valor is awesome. I love our conversations. You're so intentional. You just hear, you just see their pleasure or dissatisfaction most times. Mm. So it was such a gift to hear back from him and know like it doesn't matter how he expresses his joy or contentment Mm -hmm. in a place. He's really deeply enjoying it and I can take him at his word. And now we like push further into conversation every Saturday morning too, Yes, (laughs) which is so cool. That's awesome. And that's being served as the servant, which is crazy. Reciprocal. Uh, Yeah, it's such a cool, I know, I feel like last time you were on, we talked about that more of like pressing into guest dynamics and like turning the crusty into the custy into the, the, we don't have like a term for like someone who's just so beloved yet. Yeah, because we just have crusty and custy. Yeah, just like absolute legends. Crusty, custy, bestie, maybe. <laughs> bestie, that's cute. Yeah, bestie for the resty. We do have some of those. We do. Anyways, so coffee from the Netherlands. Wow. Rumbaba. <laughs> Rumbaba. Uh, so we review on packaging in three tiers and then uh, the coffee itself in three tiers. Maybe not tiers, but criteria. Um. So, let's see. Custom bag. This is not a sticker. There's one sticker. Um, oh. Yep. So that they probably have the same bag, and they're putting whatever coffee they have on it. Yep. Labels. Um, roast day here. Oh, you know what they they have? Probably one of those uh, sealers that runs through a conveyor belt and then throws the oh, roast yeah. date on it. Oh, nice. But they do it. Differently in Europe because it says 412, but it was definitely uh, December 4th. Mm, I see. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I guess this coffee is a little aged as well. America just loves to be different. <laughs> Shout out to the espresso roast. You don't see that. I'm like, I guess we did make oh, it on espresso, yeah. which is great because nice. lately we've been just doing a pour over. Yeah. Um, any thoughts on the vibe of this bag? It is cool. It is bright. It's happy. I I think that I feel like it's a little masculine. Yeah, neon yellow and you, baby just, blue. Just it's the lines for me. It's like the design. I don't mm. know. It's not just like easy on my eyes. I just feel like guys would be like, this is sick. I'm going to put it. I'm going to buy it. I love it. And girls, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> I don't know. I do think it's happy and bright and I understand it, which is awesome. I wish on the back they had like a little word from themselves. And I wish it was like 
in Dutch. Wouldn't it be Dutch? It would be Dutch. Although I do think this looks very, this is like Dutch design to me. Really? This a little bit. Dutch. It's like quirky Dutch. And Colin Tymon. Yeah, we need our to resident ask him. Dutch friend. <laughs> or my sister, Yoni. She's Dutch too. Sorry, oh. Yoni. Okay, well, so that touched on the first thing, which is content. We rank one out of 10 of like, how do we feel about the, the words and in, information that's being conveyed on a scale of one to 10 for this? You ready? Oh, we have to say it at the same time. Yeah, I'll go. I'll either go one, two, three, or three, two, one. I haven't decided yet. And then we'll see. <laughs> okay. Our uh, three, two, one, eight. six. Oh, eight. I'm not used to. I am not comparing it to anything in my mind. I'm just, just like blank slate. It was good, and it tells me what it is. It does say. It could say probably a tiny bit more. That was the thing fun. I wanted. Was just uh, there's Some more like connection. In the vein of, well, the website's here, so I'm sure you go to the website. And, and I bet it's really uh, cool. You bet there's really, yeah, it's really cool. Probably a lot of information on here. I'm torn on this concept. This is going deep, whatever, but like, which should go first? Eminem, Las Noobs, mm. or Costa Rica? Because yeah. I always have a hard time finding the country of origin. But I bet the coffee connoisseurs out there would be like, it's not just about the origin country you know because mm. sometimes we can just like the exact area yeah we want to know exactly where it is and we want to highlight that and that i sense. get it i get it i think i would put the costa rica as large and then the clarification and the detail details just seem for me to be a little smaller anyways and so if you want to look you look i hear you but i, I like you. i honestly do like the sentiment of making the highlight Eminem, the big the big guy maybe because it's uh the farm is roberto mata and son michael mata and michael whoa who's to say um <laughs> but that's cool it's a little father and son thing come on that's sweet that is okay so let's meet in the middle we'll call that a seven for content let me type that in to the show notes okay general aesthetic out of 10. Out of 10. You ready? Three, two, one, seven. seven. Oh! <gasps> I, it's, I mean, it's different. Yeah. It's got some fun colors. I like the purpley pink on the bottom. Yeah. yeah. The last bag that we had had purple on it. And I'm like, I think those are the only two times I've seen purple on a coffee bag before. Really? I mean, I can't think of purple being like a dominant color for yeah. many. I've seen a lavender... I think our swoon box onyx is going to be kind of, for sure. Yeah. For sure, Onyx has a lavender box. Um, The line, the abstract design is whatever. You know, hey, I like it. It's better than- It gives me zebra. It's giving zebra. Okay. Yeah, like modern zebra, not a detailed zebra. <laughs> mm. And I've never seen a yellow zebra in my life, so Dude, that's cool. New band name, Modern Zebra, Dibs. <laughs> um, okay, now- this is UX, which is user experience. Okay. And we rank this out of five. You didn't do anything with this, so I'll just say, I mean, all yeah, it is. you can vote it. Is that I opened this bag. No, I, you know what? I don't even think I opened this bag. I think I literally got to open. We'll just give it, we'll just give it a no-nonsense four or it worked. If you were designing a bag like this, would you have the rip at the front or the back? We always say we, we would have it on the 
on the back. So this always looks the same mm. and looks good. Yeah, I think I'd want it on the back. I wonder why they have it on the front. I don't know. Maybe it's just for ease. Maybe that's the way they wanted it. Yeah. <laughs> they did it because that's the way they wanted it. Okay, coffee time. I really don't know the difference between a natural anaerobic and a juicy natural anaerobic. <laughs> I'm like, do you just put more of the fruit that I actually have no idea. But I'm guessing it's just a natural anaerobic, which means cherry stays on the fruit, goes into a tank, hangs out, and then gets it out to dry. Um, so Beautiful. the idea is that it would be pretty crazy. Do you think it's crazy? I haven't tried it yet, but mm. I might take a couple sips then. I wish it was a tiny bit warmer, but that's on us. Oops, I know it's kind of a uh, a blessing and a curse during the podcast to be able to hang out with the coffee, yeah, the whole time. But then maybe by the time it's critical to know what you're working with, the ship has sailed. To mm. be honest. It tastes a lot like most of our anaero- anaerobic, like processed beans that Sam picks. Like the work of Saccaro that everybody yes, loves. I do love that one. I feel like, unfortunately, I'm not mind blown, but maybe that's because we have mind blowing coffee. <laughs> yeah, we've had mind blowing coffee on this before for sure. This is. I enjoyed dialing it in on espresso. Wow. Yeah. I did change. I was doing 18 to 45, which is our classic espresso recipe, but I stretched it a little more. So it's like 18 to 50, 29 seconds. It's been nice putting the coffee on like an actual espresso grinder instead of the EK, which is Mm -hmm. funny. Me and Ross have been more into that. Random. Um, (laughs) Okay. So let's rank flavor out of 10. Mm -hmm. You ready? Mm -hmm. One, two. Three, seven. seven. I seem, I feels like we're just in this, like, it's pretty good. It's better than like your average. Oh, yeah. It is way better. Cup than of average. coffee out yeah. there. But it's, uh, I really enjoy it. Seriously. It, I wonder. The only thing when people, and I don't even know the background on who sent us this coffee, Riley does. So mm-hmm. if you gave us this coffee, thank you. Thank you for sharing it. We appreciate it. Um, I never know how much like coffee costs sometimes. Yeah. It's kind of on this too. Like if someone, Got Miracle, which is like one of our more cost-effective coffees. It's like a Brazilian pea berry. Mm-hmm. Or if someone had one of our black boxes, which is like probably two or three times the price, mm-hmm. that's going to affect usually how awesome it is. So I'm like, but I would guess if you have a natural anaerobic, it's probably one of your higher-end coffees. Yeah, I, I think imagine. it'd be a more expensive coffee. I I do like the out of the word juicy. And I kind of get like a baby tartness. So mm. maybe that's what they mean by juicy. It's like the... You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like flavor blaster. <laughs> yeah, because the idea is usually these coffees are the most like away from coffee to tasting things possible. So mm-hmm. if someone wants to have like a mind-blowing experience, of like, this is coffee? Yeah. This would be a great one. Yeah, you know? totally. Um, and I love rumbaba. The way that that rolls off the tongue is it really feels fun. Right. Yeah. It feels right. I wonder right. what it means. Rumbaba. Hey. Anyone Dutch out there, let us know. All right. Now it's enjoyability. <laughs> okay. Scale of one to 10. Just like how this coffee is for you. Can you drink a whole cup of it? Is this like, is this what you want out of coffee? Mm-hmm. 
Um, I'm just going to imagine it hot. Okay. <laughs> One, two, three, Eight. seven. Oh, you like? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. There's, I've been complaining on the podcast a little, bit, a little bit about like we often taste the people send us their crazy stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, sometimes you just want just something want a, simple. A cup of dude. <laughs> That's just awesome. Like a washed Colombian, like the that Jair Oidor. Yeah. I just want to like drink a nice chocolatey cup of coffee sometimes. But this is still very good. And if I was served, if I was served this in a cafe somewhere else, I think I'd be very pleased. Oh, me too. I'd be pleasantly surprised. Do you ever crunch the coffee beans? Y'all had me do it on that other podcast one time. Well, this should be better than the last time. Okay. Okay. I just wanted to do one. You're going in. (laughs) The variation of color is out of this world. Do you see that one dark one? Yeah. Huh. Down the hatch. It's the juicy. That one is the juicy (laughs) one. Beef jerky. crunch. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. That does not taste like what it tastes like Mm-mm. for me. That tastes really dark and crazy. Or like jerky. I'm not getting jerky, but I'm getting like smoky, which I'm getting I understand why you'd say that. Yeah. And then once I got into the middle, there was this like cherry. Ah. I thought. Or like a little tart, maybe cranberry, something like that. Got to wash it down with the, the liquid. Okay. This one's out of five. Mm-hmm. You ready? One, two, three, two. Four? Oh. All right. Three. I don't, I don't eat coffee beans. <laughs> Dude. So I'm like, based off of the one other one, it's definitely mm-hmm. surpassing the other one. Okay. This got a... 35, which is great. 50. Okay. So if you, it's like a 70 out of 100. What's the highest something has been rated amongst you guys? I think, uh, I know Ross always has a question of where did, I think free throw was like 42, 5. Wow. I think. Free throw. (laughs) I think freed hats was above that at like 44. Wow. Those like crazy. Colombian geishas and something mm-hmm. else. We I think we brewed up two coffees. I think the highest was like 44. So it's definitely in like the this is good coffee range. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, 30 something to 45. I don't think we've had anything get into the close to 50 yet. Mm, cool. We're still looking for that perfect yeah. experience. People are and like so challenge much, accepted. So much of this is subjective as well. It but is. but this was a very enjoyable coffee. I wonder how it got here too. Maybe that's part of the story. We'll know later. Like, did they pay for international shipping? Yeah. Or were they traveling and came back? If that's the case, thank you. That's I really I met generous. a woman in the cafe who used to live in London, okay. I think, somewhere yeah. in the beautiful British lands. Mm-hmm. And she returned to America, lives here now. But she was just on a trip and went to her favorite coffee shop from way back when. And asked the roaster, like, what is your favorite thing? I want to give this to some guys in Georgia who have a podcast. And y'all, I think y'all have reviewed it already because it was weeks ago when I gave it to Riley. But Do you think it was this? No, it was Netherlands. I don't think it was because it's Netherlands. Yeah, it had to have been 
Unless they outsource. I don't know. I don't know. It seemed like, no, I don't think so. But it was really cool that people are listening and sending things in and going on trips and coming back with something awesome. It's an honor. Yeah. I know. We're kind of spoiled. We get to taste coffee that's grown and roasted all over the world. Mm -hmm. So. So cool. Thanks, everybody. I want to, I feel like what would up this point for me, like even the taste, Mm. knowing what a beautiful Dutch built out cafe looked like, you know what I mean? Like being in their space, drinking a hot version of what we just had would really, I think that would sway me greatly. Well, that's another (laughs) whole storyline of like, if you ask people, what's the best coffee you've ever had? It's always attached to to a a memory, a a narrative, an experience of like, I was on the hillside of a Costa Rican coffee farm. Yeah. They roasted it right there and brewed it up. Or like I was in Tokyo at this like reservation only. Whoa. uh, Which I was looking up uh, coffee shops in Tokyo. And you have to like make a reservation. Oh my god! And they'll like serve you a fixed course of coffees. (laughs) That's Uh, so cool. I would love to do that. We should have reservation hours. That'd be really cool. Yeah. I'd sit at the, well, I guess you wouldn't even sit at the bar. You have like a server that comes. Or we could have like one day a year that's reservation only. That would be really cool. Okay. We got to make it worth people's time. Yeah. How do we make that reservation count? Hey, something to dream about. Thank you, Rambaba. And thank you, whoever gave that to us. Very I wish grateful. I knew how to say thank you in Dutch. <laughs> if that came out of my mouth, that'd been awesome. But I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know what is it, it is. Is it Dankeschön? Is that German? I don't know. Who's to say? That's hey, awesome. thanks for being on the podcast. Your new nickname is Triple Threat. Whoa. Because you've been on three times. Wow. Um, so fitting. <laughs> yeah. so it, was a, it was a pleasure, Triple Threat. Any uh, <laughs> any shout outs or final words you have for the, the Valor Coffee podcast community? Whoa. The VCPC? Mm, you always shout out your brother. So I can be the one to do that right now. You want to shout out my brother? <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. I can also shout out one of mine. I thought you were going to shout Landry, out Landry, I love you. Yeah. I love all the other ones, but I just feel like Landry would be the one to listen to this. Yeah, because you have to say, hey, I shouted you out, listen to it, yeah. and then they'll do it. But more impor- importantly, Colson. Colson. Thanks for listening and hanging out. You better still be listening to this, Colson. <laughs> you made it this far. Uh, hey, the family support's real. You know, yeah. My dad, big, big fan. He always, oh, come on. He always builds me up about this. I'm very touched, very encouraged. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> okay, well, hey, we'll see you next week, guys. I won't, but have a good one. <laughs> <laughs> have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>